evening, my love bugs. It's 10.52 p.m. Today is Tuesday, November 29th. And we're going to pick up where we left off with the Egyptian temple stories. Um, I believe where we left off, it was... Neferu, Neferu, Aten, Teshret. And her husband, Smenkar. They had a daughter... And, um, well, they had three daughters, right? And, um, one of them, the oldest, she was the one that was kind of really into the King of Solomon stuff. She created the, um, like, magic school. And she had, like, the first, um, spiritual resort or, like, shamanic resort or something like that that was built. And I think we left off with, um, she was really successful. She was pregnant. She had the first boy in a while because, like, everybody in these generations kept birthing girls. And they kept, like, having to worry about um, female pharaohs training up the girls to be female pharaohs. And they had to have a king from somewhere else or a strong warrior or noble um, family marry into them because, you know, they kept birthing girls. So, I think that's where we left off. Um, And we're going to pick it up. So, actually, the daughter's name that I was talking about, the oldest one that was actually um the pharaoh a the old guy that was his daughter and they took her from that kingdom full of crook women and raised her up to be their own i think we mentioned how like they killed off all the crook women and all that kind of stuff like that that was her mom doing all that so her she was the one that um created like the mystery school or like the magic school with her and her teenage friends that she grew up with they were studying and teaching everybody this type of stuff. So it became like a college and like a resort. People would come, get services, and or lead their kids to be taught. Her husband, which was being trained vigorously to be the pharaoh, was um, the one teaching um, the warriors. And he was also like the next pharaoh and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so the main story that was ending over on that side, her name was... She was named after her mom a little bit. Like, the last part of her name was named after her mom. So, her name is Maret Aten Teshret. So, in this episode, that's a lot of name to say. So, I'm just going to call her um, Maret Aten. And just keep it pushing with that, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's where we started off. They were trying to make things more easy for her. They had, like, second um, temple being built and things like that um a lot of people that was going to school were able to like while she was pregnant and like being a new mom um they were able to like um fill in and help her and all she had to do was just kind of sit around and like oversee things point tell people where to go do things like that um and she'd be the main one praying over them and doing readings seances with um, people that passed on and things like that as well so yeah let's jump back into it so I see um, for my dice before I even touch the hieroglyph cards, she's saying that um, she didn't really move too much. Like she got to the point where she didn't have to really move um, because she was kind of like, you know, pregnant. She just had uh, her son and she had a, a set of twins, but one miscarried or like was a stillborn. And um So, they were trying to, like, get her to heal herself, not only, like, for losing a baby, but, like, postpartum in a way, you know? Um, so she wasn't really moving too much. She was calling shots. I see everything was taking off very smoothly. Like, everything was, like, they were knocking it out, out the park. They were seeing, like, the sun god Ra was, like, shining on them heavily. Um, it didn't take too long to build the second temple. Um... I do see, like, in the foreseeable future, the spiritual advisor that was working alongside of the parents, because they're still around. Um, they seen, he seen that nobody will be greedy, um, that people were more like inquiring minds trying to come up there. So everybody that they were attracting were all inquiring minds. Nobody was greedy. Um, and yeah, we're just kind of like picking up where we left off, basically. Like everything's was still smooth. Nobody wants to fight them or argue or anything like that because everybody was like driven to Middle Kingdom, Egypt, because they were like genuinely like interested in these teachings. 
so I see um as they're getting older I'm picking up because it's like they were doing all this stuff and I, I'm guessing around like their 30s is when like she had her kid her first son close to her 30s or like in her 30s and like um the mom and dad I'm guessing back then um back then in these times people probably died around like 50 60 70 ish like they probably didn't last to be like 99 or nothing like that just because times were different if they did have some underlying issues it's like there's no x-rays or nothing like that that um was available for them to you know catch these type of things head on so I see like her dad um was fighting for his life and he passed away first um she was with her mom after she had her kid like her mom was the only one still alive she helped her with a lot of things I do see shortly after that um she ended up like taking her two sisters which were I think she was four when her mom got pregnant she was like four when her mom and them got pregnant with them so the sisters are quite older it's not like they're hella young it's like they're probably like if she's 30 they're like you know 26 25 26 something like that so it's like it's now in the kingdom it's her and her two sisters i see her two sisters um were very loving towards her um there was no real beef or anything like that Mm. i do see one of them about this something about someone's dying wish could have been like hmm. somebody's dying wish was to be buried alongside of this dad or something like that or what is this oh I see what they're saying um, it's something about the the stillborn. What is this? Hold on, y'all. I'm trying to see what they're trying to say. Okay. One of these stillborn babies, the, the dad's dying wish was that one of these stillborn babies be born alongside of, or like be buried, excuse me, mummified alongside of him. So that he could, like, help this kid go to the next realm. So they do, they kind of believe in, like, traveling souls. Like, they didn't want this baby, this stillborn, to just be buried um, in the tomb by itself. Because it's like, it's a stillborn. They don't really, they didn't learn about the gods. They didn't learn about anything you know what I'm saying? It's like they didn't get a chance to, like, learn how to travel in spirit world to, you know, be reincarnated and all that kind of stuff. So I see the dad's dying wish is that um, this baby be buried in the same um, sarcophagus with him or in the same temple with him. And, like, on the inscriptions, the hieroglyphs on the temple, that Ra would allow this baby to travel with him um, to be born, born again and to be born maybe a single child this time so maybe have like a better like a fighting chance something like that yeah so i see when a dad passed away they prepared the body for this um newborn they put a they sacrificed a lion in there um for strength to give the baby strength they put blue lotus in there to help the um the spirit of this baby heal so it wouldn't go through like tragedies they also put other herbs to make the baby strong and healthy they could have also um put like what is this a horse some of these um temples and stuff when they're finding animals in this it's because it's like for travel into the next realm so not only gold and stuff like that but since this is a baby it's like strength to travel into the next realm a horse to ride on because it's not like you know it's just, it can't walk right now yeah something like that so there's a lot of like animals in this tomb with him that were also mummified along with like his canopic jars and stuff 
It has nothing to do with the underworld. It's not like they feel like this baby's going to go to the underworld or nothing like that. It's just simply like so the baby can travel and, you know, go to where the gods are. Yeah. They also put on the tombs that um, that Maya and Thoth wrote out a different type of justice for this child in the next life. That if they are born a single child, that they will be born a boy. And that he'd be a loving boy. I think as a girl, I don't know. Something about like they could have felt like maybe we had too many girls, so this one didn't have a chance. So if we made this one a boy and a strong boy, um, maybe we can break this energy of just like having a bunch of girls. So I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say they blamed the little boy for being like, as they were twins, like one boy, one girl. I don't know if they blamed the boy or they're saying like in a story like the boy. Um, we haven't had boys in, like, years in anybody for this family. Like, a long time they haven't had any boys. So they felt like this boy was fighting so hard to get here that he might have killed his own twin. So, obviously, he's not going to go to do what for that. But it's just like, let's make this one a boy. So that doesn't have to happen again if we have twins type situation. Yeah. They felt like one spirit was stronger than the other, and it was, like, fighting to get here more than the other is what i'm seeing okay so yeah all that kind of stuff along with of course gold and herbs and animals certain animals were sacrificed certain things were on this um father schminkar on her father's tomb um along with this baby being in the same sarcophagus with him so they can travel and this baby could be a boy again i'm seeing that um Her sisters were really into, um, her sisters were really into, like, beauty, beautification. They created a new fashion sense for Egypt, or perfumes. They started to create perfumes or spiritual oils or something like that for her as well. Like, they had their own thing going. Even though they weren't the pharaoh, she's also considered the female pharaoh. So, all the um, daughters that I've been naming off in all these stories, they're considered female pharaohs. And the husband is just pharaohs. But it's like, um, they are the heir to it. They just need a husband to reign alongside of them so they won't be single and things like that. So, they can continue to produce and possibly produce a boy and, you know, keep it going. So her sisters were like creating a new fragrance or they were helping her create spiritual oils. And it's like she was dealing with all these dark energies and all that kind of stuff. So it's like these things could have been like aromatherapy or like, you know what I'm saying? Like they could have been creating some type of aromatherapy, like spiritual oils. You might be able to add to like your bath or like rub on your body after a bath. It was good for your skin, your hair, something like that. But it smelled good. And it's like um, they were learning how um, they were like they had their own form of teaching when it came to magic school. People were learning from them as well. So she had her own thing going with like dark energies, demons, healing, darker stuff, talking to dead people, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> her sisters went to the same school, but they decided to go a little different route with it. They created like the first aromatherapy like healing so it's like okay this smell makes you feel happy this smell makes you feel relaxed like the stuff that we know today like how i'll be teaching you guys like oh yeah if you're going through depression or you need like a pick-me-up in your spirit a citrus smell and a diffuser or a candle or something will help that certain smells can help you like focus certain smells can help you go to sleep like lavender stuff like that or calm down if you're like very anxious like with chamomile and stuff or like lemongrass so they were kind of doing that by way of like oils and body oils and things like that. Yeah. They got their gifts from the cosmos. Because remember, they were a set of twins as well. Like the mom adopted her and then there was a set of twins. Hmm. Okay, so now I see it's at the time that Marit, Maret Aten... She lost both her mom and dad now. Like, her sisters are getting established. Everything's buried with her dad. He chose to be buried with the baby. Um, now I see 
she's actually like she had her son first she was relaxing and things like that um a couple years ago by her mom dies and it's like um the mom and dad are now gone and the spiritual advisor is gone so everybody's like quite older she has a set of twins on her own yeah so she has a total of three kids i'm seeing so she kept having twins she was like destined to have twins i'm seeing mm-hmm. the twins could have been like two girls so she had two girls but she already had a boy so now she got a total of three kids um she does feel like she had a chance even though i just told you guys like um they manifested that this baby be born a boy again it's like she felt like um she was destined to have twins but this time it was equal and both the girls came out healthy because they're both the same sex so i don't know if that was like a thing that they actually believed in or if it's just like um something they feel like is you know happening right now like oh, okay cool like maybe if we have the same sex it's easier uh, if there's two boys, and it's easier to have it. If it's two girls, it's easier to have it versus, like, one gender over the other. They might feel like one gender is stronger, and it might step on the other one or, like, take the other one out. Something like that is engraved in these stories. Yeah. So, I see she had a set of girls after these boys, a few years after the boy, maybe, like, maybe like two years it wasn't too long maybe like two years so her son's about two years old and then she has a set of girl twins again and she's not feeling so bad um she healed through her postpartum she could have been um taking a break and healing herself with um blue lotus she was kind of like letting everybody else oversee her work she was just doing readings and praying over people but she wasn't like hustling and bustling as much because since she lost her daughter her first daughter it was like it was um her postpartum was really bad so she had to heal herself a lot with like blue lotus tinctures is what i'm seeing yeah so by the time she had two years later by the time she had her other daughter she was like more healed off that she also felt like okay cool like we don't have to prepare another tomb we don't have to be in sorrow. Yeah. I see that her sisters, um, along with her, like, um, self-medicating with, like, blue lotus tinctures, her sister's aromatherapies also helped. She was allowing them to kind of take over during that time where she was still calling shots, but it's like she wanted them to, like, kind of step in and help with their fortunes as well. So it's like, okay, I already made a name for myself. I got two businesses opening you know i got people in rooms and they're coming up and i'm praying over them doing readings everybody else that i taught in this um magic school they're kind of like they got shifts at work you know they're doing all these type of things i remember saying that like the gardeners doing something everybody's busy because there's so much people and then people keep coming through to learn it's like a college so other people are coming too then we got the warriors so it's busy it's booming so everybody's working, so she kind of was able to, like, take a break so that she didn't have too much on her mind. And she let other people do stuff, and she kind of just, like, called the shots from the background and did a little here, a little there. And, like, let her sisters and her um, sisters, like, aromatherapy um, not only, like, help her, but also, like, um, for them to build a name in this city as well for what they do so that people can start coming and, like, tapping in with her sisters, her twin sisters' services. That's dope. I'm going to pause it here. Yeah, she was kind of like opening up a doorway for them. So I see they worked really well together. The two twins, they wasn't no bickering or arguing anything like that. They put their minds together. I see they also um, were helping with certain... It's like they came up with a certain tincture or something like that. Or mm, they healed their sister through what she was going through as well. So when I was like... um. 
that she was healing, self-prescribing herself, like, stuff for her anxiety, depression, postpartum and stuff with the Blue Lotus. She was also allowing her sisters to, like, kind of, like, she's their guinea pig. So, she's they're kind of, like, testing the aromatherapy in, like, baths, adding, like, certain oils to their bath now and stuff like that on her to help with her fertility. So, she actually felt a lot better because it's, like, not only, it's, like, this is, like, the first form of spiritual bath where it's, like, a fragrance. It's not just, like, oh, add this herb, add that herb. You know, that was working for her. That's what she was doing to cleanse spirits away and stuff. But it's, like, now to, like, boost her energy, like, so she can not be in depression. They could have had, like, citrus smells in the bathtub or something. Or if, like, she was going through a long day, she just needed a nap. She needs to rest because it was a lot on her, you know, being a mom, all that kind of stuff, being a, a female pharaoh. They would add, like, a lavender smell or something in her bath. So when she would bathe every day, it's like her sisters were kind of testing stuff on her. Also, they had, like, some type of aromatherapy that was supposed to help or it's like certain oil you put in that helps cleanse her womb or what is this i'm not gonna hold you okay in today's time if you look into like spiritual stuff and like you know um holistic healing there's like um steams like some females um i always recommend if you're gonna do anything like safely do like a yoni steam is what it's called like when you steam your veg and you sit over like a pot of um you're not gonna be directly on it you gotta protect your coochie look into it if you know if you know what i'm talking about look into it so you don't hurt yourself but you kind of like um sit in a chair and like the chair kind of has a hole in it or it's like you're sitting over um uh, a pot that's like on the floor and you have towels in between you and stuff but it's like it it steams your cooch in a way so i see along with her with her herbs her sisters had certain, like, oils and stuff. And they could have created, like, the first yoni steam. So they were, like, steaming her yoni because they felt like, um, like, traumatic trauma happened because of the stillborn. So it was, like, steaming her yoni would, like, cleanse the energy for her to have a better chance of having these babies. So I see during that time, those two years, they were, like, really her twin sisters were really putting their mind together um with their business and like she was like their first one that they tested on and it's like they had a success she had a successful um twin pregnancy so it was like word of mouth was getting around it was like oh wow like she lost one of her twins before you know we tried my oils we tried this yoni steam type of thing she was also taking baths with their oils and stuff in it and the fragrances so it was like it helped her heal depression, anxiety, postpartum, but it also, like, actually helped heal her womb. So, they could have been the first ones to create yoni, yoni steams way back in ancient Egypt, basically. Yeah. She also probably wasn't, like, uh, she probably wasn't, like, aroused anymore. And, like, that helped her as well. Because it's, like, she was, uh, you know, back in the day, they didn't really have contraceptive, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, like, anytime you have sex, you probably could get pregnant. So, it's, like, she wasn't really aroused because she was afraid with her postpartum. And, like, you know, she's afraid she's going to get pregnant again and lose it. She felt like something was wrong. Even though she had a healthy baby boy, she just felt like something was wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, there's no x-rays and stuff. There's no none of that. So, you can't really tell me why this baby passed and that other baby didn't. Kind of like you can now. It's just like they, she felt like something was off. So I see um, it helped her with arousal to get turned on again by her husband, to cleanse her her womb, to help with all those type of things. So, yeah, I'm not going to hold you. That's dope. I see um, a lot of the warriors, the men, they were starting to also go to these sisters um, for... Um, healing like they or they were sending these warriors were sending their wives to these sisters for healing when it came to this system that created with aromatherapy and yoni steams because it's like she's the queen you know what i'm saying she's like the queen so it's like if that worked for the queen it's gonna work for us so yeah these sisters started to boom some of these warriors their wives that's just in the community were losing kids losing babies but it's like, obviously, not all these stories are going to be on the tomb. And it's like, some of these people just got a tomb, but they ain't got all these encryptions and shit like that. So, obviously, 
this is gonna be of importance with her so i see because it worked with the queen it's like oh yeah boom this happened to my wife so they started to pick up their business and then like with the postpartum the sadness and stuff they started to pick up in business Maret Aten was giving them tinctures so she was kind of like chilling sitting down being a mom running the country things like that but she was also like she was helping her sisters because they didn't really know too much about the blue lotus so she was the one being like okay take a couple drops of this add this to your water add this to your wine whatever whatever and then like the sisters were doing like the whole yoni steam aromatherapy uh situation yeah so it worked it was like everything was balancing out yeah they were not losing no money no none of that everything was just working out it was real cool i see that um the sun he was like he was destined to become the pharaoh so he was being raised up since he was four on what it's like to be a pharaoh because remember i said they start real young so like with tut he was raised up when he was eight he was raised up and was the um the pharaoh already when king solomon was like 12 he became the pharaoh so like at four as soon as he's able to start like really learning they were training him on certain things on how to become a um pharaoh because he's the next in line so yeah he's like four years old now so two years later she's healthy she had the twins the little boy's four in the foreseeable future they're both their own spiritual advisors at this point and they seen that um things are gonna take off fast that the boy was also born with like foresight yeah they felt like he was oh wow he's a seer he's gifted with both eyes the eye of thoth and the eye of Ra. so the sun was a seer he actually like started to exhibit um signs of being prophetic or like a psychic spiritual advisor he started to um display these signs at four years old so they're like oh wow so i see by the time he was eight it's like he was a he was a pharaoh or like a pharaoh in training basically he'd been training since he was four but it's like he became like an eight-year-old pharaoh in training alongside his parents just like tut was so they immediately started him is what i'm saying yeah he started to learn how to ride horses at eight and things like that um if he wasn't able to understand his um dreams or visions his mom uh, or if it just seemed like off or imbalanced or he was like questioning it and he was eight year old his mom was like um he was coming to his mom and dad because they're both seers they didn't need a spiritual advisor and like asking like what do i do in this situation what do i do there um because he was having visions and it's like he was having visions of growth of what he wanted to do when he was older what he wanted to bring to it but he was so young at eight it's like okay that's cool so we're gonna write that down or we're gonna remember that um he was seeing far i'm not gonna hold you when he was eight he was seeing like himself when he was like a teenager and what he wanted to be doing and what he was interested in i see he was very strong like physically strong by the time he was five they had this little nigga up there like bro they had him up there like carrying goats through the Nile river like like i said the animals were the weight so he had a goat on his back like running this shit through the water like you know how strong you gotta be to like run against the water you feel me like think about that when you be you know water aerobics and um running in like the swimming pool and shit like that that shit's hard because you're going against the water and then this is like live water it's not just like in a pool it's live water so it's like flowing so he's going against the current and like with an animal on his back like they was training this little nigga god damn yeah, he was doing this when he was five, bro. When he was five, he um he was able to, like, make certain decisions. Like, people were, like, kind of, like, worshiping him because, like, I'm not going to hold you. He was the first boy in a couple generations. So, people were kind of, like, worshiping him and shit like that. I see by the time he was eight, it's like he didn't gain all his strength. He's very strong. So, boom, now he's eight. He got the title. People were kind of, like listening to what this little eight-year-old had to say kind of like with tut like with tut but it's like um of course his mom and dad are still there until they pass on he's not fully in charge but like yeah he was making like grape juices and things like that at that time he was also like it wasn't just like yeah he's seen like he was seeing like what it took to be a pharaoh like 
Um, if I'm going to control these people one day and tell them what to do, I need to see what it feels like to, and I like how they did that, to be fair. I got to see what it feels like to pluck, pluck grapes all day. I got to see what it feels like to, like, do hard labor, labor. You know what I'm saying? I like how they did that because it's like, okay, you're born into royalty, but, like, you know, you're born into riches and royalty, but at the end of the day, you're still going to see what it feels like to work for your crown. Like, you're not about to just be some spoiled-ass brat. Because, obviously, with all these lessons being passed down, nobody wants that because in the 12th Dynasty, we see where they got these other people. They had the plagues happen to them because all these people felt entitled. So, I see when he was eight, it was like he was out there picking grapes and shit. Yeah. Anything the parents didn't see, he seen it spiritually. Like, yeah, I'm not going to hurt you. What else is this? Um, I see he grew up to be very loving. He had a lot of women, like, falling at his back. It was like uh, falling at their knees with him. It was like very, like, mm, very tempting like i'm not gonna hold you there's some females that like would die for him or kill for him or i don't know it was crazy like it was like they worshiped him like a living god i'm not gonna hold you yeah he was also easily able to like spot out demons evil energies greed envy things like that he was able to see if anybody like tried to come around him that wanted to kill him He's very smart because he had both eyes. He had the eye of Thoth and the eye of Ra, so he was able to see all things. Facts. By the time he was nine, I see also, he was making his own money doing something. What was he doing? He was kind of just living free, but he was making his own money. Oh, he he started to create these beads or... Hmm. He had the idea to like... Because, of course, they were. And that's crazy because I said, um, what's his name? Okay, Flock, in one of his videos, I think the video is you ready. I said that one of the chains he had on his neck, I think he's like a blood or something, but one of the little bead chains he had around his neck. Um, a lot of stuff that us African-Americans and stuff do in today's time, it's like subconsciously it's from back in the day. One of the beads he had on his neck is like red and black beads. I don't know what culture he is now, but it's like that stemmed from here because I'm seeing that one of the necklaces that Flock had on a long time ago. He, he st- back in this day, this this nine-year-old started to create this fashion sense. Yeah, they have like certain um, neck collars and stuff around them, but he started to create this to like, it's like energy. You know how, like, people wear crystals, crystal necklaces, bracelets, shit like that for, like, energy protection? He created one for, like, war and protection or something like that. So, it was, like, red and black beads. And, yeah, he created this. He also had a unique fashion sense when it came to his hair. I see over time, by the time he became, like, nine years old, he created his own fashion sense. Like, certain beads that other people wanted to wear. He wore his, um... I don't know if it's a toga or a tarp or whatever they used to wrap around their, like, little robes that they used to wrap around their genitalia. He created a new way to wear it. And then he shaved his head, like, kind of like a mohawk. Like, he had a whole new fashion sense. It was It's actually pretty dope. Yeah. I also see that he had this thing for, like, cats or he kept a cat around. And that's, like, Bassett's energy of protection. So he could have had like a pet cat or something like that. I'm going to pause it here. Okay, so boom. Um. Yeah, I'm seeing, like, the the um, spiritual beads and stuff he would make. It would help people that needed to balance um, protection and war. Like, when they're at war for men, it's like he could have created a new swag for men. I'm not going to hold you because everybody was, like, kind of worship, worshiping him. He kind of was like, he's a smart kid. He's good with, like, marketing and shit. He's like, oh, shit, everybody want to be like me? 
you know, like, everybody want to be like Mike, like, <laughs> he's like, shit, fuck it, I'm going to take advantage of this, so he, um, he created, like, a new swag, like, beads, a new way for the men to wear their hair, a new little toga thing, or whatever that little robe thing is around their waist, new beads and shit like that, so he created a new swag, so, like, yeah, if they felt like they were imbalanced at all, they would wear his stuff when it came to, like, the men in war. Yeah, that's dope. He came to his mom with the idea and was like, Mom, you know, like, he's ready to, like, start um, practicing with his war tactics. So at about 9, it's like he got up the strength. He kind of did, like, a little hard labor and shit. He got up the strength and all that. And it's like now he's old enough to, like, learn how to ride horses, get on the back of chariots, you know, get the little, um, not spears but like the staffs and like go and practice and be at war school yeah i see he spent about like eight years at war school so if he's like nine it's like what 17 by the time yeah they didn't start off with the chariot at first they started off with him actually just riding a horse at first and then it's like once he got old enough to like drive i guess it's almost like here like you know you gotta be like 15 16 17 or something like that to um drive a car get your permit it's kind of like that out here but it's like um they start off with the horse first and then with the chariot it's like then you get the chariot after you learn how to ride the horse and do all this fancy stuff on the horse then it's like okay now you got the chariot and now you know how to ride the horse now you can learn how to steer the chariot from the horse and still do all this fancy shit yeah something like that i see something happen one of the sisters could have passed away. One of the sisters could have passed away. She could have drowned. What happened? Hold on, let me see. What is this? Well, she could have got eaten by like an alligator or something. What is this? They're heartbroken about something. Something happened to one of her sisters because her sisters are considered princesses because they weren't the female pharaohs. Yeah, she could have drowned. I don't really know how that happened. Or if she didn't drown, she died in the water somehow. Or she could have been, like, working on one of her flower potions or, like, her, um... She could have been doing her work, like, let's say they needed water from the Nile River to go and gather and, like, do all this stuff with it make their aromatherapy. She could have gotten bit by a scorpion or something. And, like, when she was out there, she didn't know. She could have felt sick. Something like that. Yeah. They didn't notice that. Like, I'm saying, like, certain things that happened back in these days, it's not like they knew what was going on. Yeah, so it's not. Okay, I thought she, I was like, damn, she get eaten by the alligator? No, 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 no. She got bit by a scorpion. And she didn't know that's, like, venomous. And I see that, um... She got bit by a scorpion when she was, like, by the water. So, I don't know if she fell in the water or they're just saying, like, this happened by the water. Something like that. One of her sisters. Maret Aten's sisters. The older ones. So, they're quite older. It's not, like, her daughters or nothing like that. So, you know, of course, everybody's heartbroken because it's one of the twins. And everybody knew these twins were doing all this stuff together. They were very popular. They got their business going. So now one of them is gone. And it's like right after they perfected their work. Um, I see that business didn't stop. People They kept pushing on with business. They're very wealthy. But it's like now you're just not going to see both of them all the time. It's just one. Yeah. Damn, that's sad. I do see her husband um, was a great warrior. He was very torn up about this, obviously. He um, he was a very wealthy man because of his wife's work, what he did as well. Yeah, they both loved each other very much. They're very, like, in tune with each other. Together, they're a very strong team. So it's just kind of like, damn, like, I lost her physically here. Yeah, I see... Um, he became, I mean, he became in his depression, you know, naturally. They're building her tomb and stuff like that. And he felt like um, he's going to earn as much gold and just, like, kind of dedicate, like, the rest of his life to, like, um, 
building up her tomb to be as fancy as possible. Yeah. He went out there. I'm not going to hold you. He was, like, kind of, like, hot about what happened. He was pissed about, like, how she passed away and shit. So, I'm not going to hold you. He went out and probably, like, killed a lion or two. Like, he went hunting. Like, he's like, fuck this shit. I got to get out this frustration in some type of way. Uh, Her husband is warrior. Yeah, I'm not going to hold you. He went out one day, and he just was like, he was out there. He was like, fuck this shit. He just went by himself, and he, like, took a horse and, like, went out there and, like, literally, um, slayed a lion or two and came back and like put it in her tomb yeah i'm not gonna hold you he's filthy <laughs> he's filthy <laughs> he's like oh hell no like damn i lost my girl he felt like everything was ruined you know what i'm saying yeah he went by himself and slayed like one or two lines and put it in her um in her tomb because he wanted her to have great strength that's dope yeah, he was going through a really dark time at that time. It's like, yeah, of course. Like, he knew. He's like, man, you know, I can take this blue nose tincture. I can drink wine. I can do all that kind of stuff. But, like, this was the love of his life. So, he felt like, man, like, once the high came down, it's not even worth it. Like, thank you for, you know, helping me with this blue lotus. But, like, bro, I can't. Yeah, it's like, this is just an illusion. It's like, I'm happy for the time I'm taking it. But when I'm not, I'm suffering. So he went out and he was like, fuck this shit. I'm about to get my mind right. I got to get this anger out because I'm pissed. Yeah, he felt like the guys were punishing him. So he's like, fuck it. I'm about, to, I'm about to take this rage out on something. And he went and slayed like two lions by himself, bro. He went out there on a horse by himself. And like, I'm going to hold you. He could have like set fire to one of these spears he used or set fire to like one of these uh, arrows or something and shot it down of them facts this nigga's a beast <laughs> damn yeah he felt like okay now i'm equal now i'm balanced now i can have you know he felt it felt good like that was his way of healing so not everybody in the kingdom was able to heal from blue lotus like for him he was like man i'm not trying to get high i'm not just trying to be drunk like i need to get this frustration out in some type of way so his form of healing was to go out there and let his rage out yeah i see um What's this other? This other twin, since she's left behind, she's becoming hot shit now. She could have been. What is this? She is she single? What is that saying? No, it's like all eyes were on her now. The spotlight's on her now, as far as this goes. Yeah, she's having to hold down all this stuff by herself. And I see that since they didn't have a seer, they weren't, I mean, like, they didn't have a spiritual advisor at the time. The sister could have been the next spiritual advisor, like, runner-up for, whose twin is this? Oh, this is one of her twins. Damn, they got older? Okay, so... It's a bunch of stories I'm seeing. Hold on, y'all. I'm like, what are they saying? So, okay, boom. That story ended with him healing himself with going out there and, like, um, taking his anger out but doing it in a way where he's like, okay, let me do something constructive. Let me not just sit around and be high. So, I guess that's a lesson, too. Like, if you got to heal, sometimes you got to do stuff in a different type of mindset. So, boom, that's a lesson. I'm seeing her daughters, the twins. They're growing up. They're high shit. Like, they're very attractive. Um... And I'm seeing both of them are. And it's like, it could be around the time that they're um, wanting to get married. Okay? That's what I'm seeing. And I see that um, they weren't in, that's what it's saying. They're not into being spiritual advisors or high priests. They were like, they wanted a warrior to be their husband. Because they didn't have to worry about being like the pharaohs and stuff. The boy was already about to be that. He's already in line for that. So I see um, her twin daughters that she had after her son. Maret Aten, her two daughters. They're grown up now. They're wanting, they got they got somebody that they grew up with that's like, ended up being like soldiers, both of them. So it's like, um, they had protectors. They wasn't really tripping off no spiritual advisors because they wasn't about to be a female pharaoh. They can just kind of live their life. Yeah. 
I see their one of their dude was into magic school. He was a teacher. He was a magician. Yeah, he brought them lots of money. What are they into? They didn't have to work. Okay, I feel you. I feel you, bro. I, you feel me? If I had the opportunity, I wouldn't work either. Shit. Yeah, they didn't have to work. They were just like hot shit. They were just filthy. They didn't have to work. They had their men. One of them was a warrior. The other one was a warrior too, but he attended magic school. He was a very powerful magi. And the other one was just a warrior. They didn't have to work. And nobody judged him for not working. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was judging him because it's like, this is the first time in like, you know, generations that the females don't have to work. Because it's like, it's going back to the old ways. It's like, not just because you don't work don't mean you don't have a say-so, you don't have a voice. But it's like, you don't have to physically get out there. Like, all these other women have to physically get out there, have to physically, like, make a name for themselves, make all these things go on, temples and Going out there scouting and, you know, traveling, being a merchant, even though they were a female pharaoh, they had to do a lot of things. So this is the first time they just kind of got to chill. So it's like, okay, cool. In the eyes of the gods, the universe, they're like, cool, things are finally starting to balance out again. It's like, cool, if they want to just be home, be spoiled, they can. They're already born into royalty, but it's like, yeah, they're good. So the gods really like, like that because they felt like for the feminines, divine feminists to be in masculine energy and be to force to be masculine energy this whole time it was like damn we don't want that forever that's not how it's supposed to be even when i mentioned the tower of babel and i was mentioning like when the war starts that the gods want the women to be at home you know certain cultures do things differently so i mentioned that but it's at least for like the black african-american um women and stuff like that because these are the these are we are their descendants you know what i'm saying We've been in masculine energy forever. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they don't want that anymore. They want us to stay home. It's not like, oh, you're just lazy staying at home with the kids. No. You can do your own thing as well, but it's like stay home. Be a mom, you know. Be in your divine feminine energy. Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't have to work for their money. They just It was just handed to them. They had it. But that's okay because that's how it's supposed to be because things were imbalanced before. I see yeah, some of these other females, like, have to go to war, and they have to get their hands dirty, have to call shots, chop off heads, you know, like, Nefertiti, she was killing everybody and shit when she, you know, it's like, bro, you're not supposed to do that, Nefertiti killed one of the persons with their own hands when she was making them confess and shit, like, it's like, bro, yeah, like, <laughs> you don't have to do that, you know what I'm saying, you ain't gotta slay nobody no more, yeah, so I see, honestly, um, this worked out for them, the community and everything was building, they kept going up and up and up in money, like the stuff that her aunts, I guess it's their aunts were doing, but one of the aunts passed, so now just that one aunt, she's still doing it with the flowers and tinctures and stuff that's working for them. She's still gaining material. Of course, the mom and the spiritual school and everything's still working, but the daughters are just vibing because it's like, it's so booming. We don't have to do anything. We can just focus on love, relationships. When a man comes home, we can just focus on him, healing him from going out in war or for being out all day for defending this for you know uh i don't really see that nobody really had to get fucked up or nothing like that they didn't really have to go to war but it's like they're training all day long they're doing hard physical labor so to be able to just like sit there and like take care of them and nurture them and shit like that that's what they're supposed to be in to be attractive to be you know yeah her her um her daughters they were princesses they had a very sharp mind they're very smart very wise very attractive like their mom she's very pretty like when you look up her statue she's hella pretty like even in today's time you know how some statues it's like oh damn they're kind of ugly <laughs> no she's hella pretty i hear my son's up so i'm gonna finish this part and then i'm gonna do like a part two tomorrow yeah but like yeah Everything was balancing now I see in this kingdom. Everything was cool, copacetic. Um, the son is now growing up, and he's, like, damn near, um, he's damn near able to, like, just take over. It's like everybody's getting older. He's damn near at the point where he's, like, trying to take over things, but he doesn't have a lover yet, I see. So they're like, yeah, uh, you can have all this earthly power and stuff, but, like, you need to... Because I said he was, like, 15, 16, 17 by the time he was able to, like, ride the chariot and stuff. So, I see him riding the chariot. He know how to ride the horse. He knows how to do all this type of stuff. But it's like, um, he needs to go find a female. 
it's like they weren't too pressed about rushing him when he was like 15 and all that kind of stuff to get married and all that because it's like um he was more so about like focused on being a pharaoh but it's like if you're a daughter we would have to hurry up and marry you off so that like you can have a baby so that a newborn boy can be born and then like they can start training them as soon as possible because everything is a female pharaoh so since everything was balanced he kind of was able to like take his time of finding love yeah and like i see he he found somebody that he had a spiritual connection with whoever she was she knew the mom she was very like i'm not gonna hold you she could have been like a female warrior or like she looked up to Nefertiti it's something about this girl looked up to Nefertiti his grandparent like damn like I heard her stories I look up to her I want to be like her one day like I want to be a female queen yeah hmm yeah I'm not gonna hold you she's kind of like cutthroat bro his wife is kind of like or his soon to be wife or the girl that was he's interested in and shit like that she was like kind of like a warrior or she went to warrior school too it wasn't just men like she was like probably like one of the few that went to warrior school she's like shit i'm trying to be like nefertiti yeah i'm not gonna hold you yeah she was filthy she's balanced she had like divine feminine and masculine energy but it was like balanced she was beautiful and she like wants to slay some shit yeah so he's like damn i ain't never had nothing like that i ain't never seen nobody like that i see that um he was kind of like shy or he kind of took his time with his words or he was just like afraid to approach her for some reason because she was like so um intriguing yeah she's not the type that would just throw herself because like i said they've been people been throwing themselves worshiping him since he was like a baby she wasn't that type so he was like he would get nervous about what to say to her and shit like that because she was just so filthy yeah but I say, I see, I'm about to end it here, but he did approach her. And I see they do end up getting married. But he was just like, like, what do I say to a female that don't really be sweating off me? Everybody else be like, oh my God, like, it's the Pharaoh. Ah. He's just like, I don't want none of those. But her, she was like a challenge. So he was like, okay, let me slide over here and see what's up for her. So I'm going to pause it here. We're going to pick up on episode number two tomorrow. I hope you guys enjoyed this little snippet or whatever. Um, they had a couple little lessons in here, but I feel like there's a lot of decks left, so more of the actual lessons are going to come later, whether they're good or bad. Peace.